Hello, hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Character Arc Podcast, where each week we talk about a movie we just watched. We'll provide our own synopsis, have an open discussion about things we liked, what we didn't like, what we would change, and end with a favorite scene and a final thought. I'm Ted Hong. I'm Richard Bertelson. And today we have our very first guest on the show. Uh, Nick Slayick. Hey, guys. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> uh, no, seriously, though, thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, wonderful to have you here, man. All right, so today's episode, we are going to be talking about scary stories to tell in the dark. For years, the people in this town told lies about me. They locked me away, called me a monster. Now, they will get the monster. All right, so uh, on to synopsis. Does everyone have their... Or synopsis. Yeah, let's do it. Synopsis. Eat it. Synopsis. Yeah. Do you want to do guest first? Yeah, you want to do guest first? Guest yeah. first? Guest first. Yeah, oh, okay. Putting all the pressure oh, on yeah, me. Man. Okay. Um, so, huge book nerd gets lifelong friends murdered over potential booty call. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. I like that. In 1968 America, books read you. <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, young deepfakes of Allison Pill, Josh Radner, Jason Sudeikis, and a really tan version of Gael Garcia explore the narrative world of scary stories in the flesh. How much time <laughs> did you spend pairing those children to other actors? <laughs> it only took a second because I was like, this guy looks like, hey, and this one, and that one. You, so, so in your you, head, you watched an entirely different movie with right, a different right, yes. <laughs> yeah. I just, There are kids on the screen. And, oh, look, it's Denzel Washington. Like, well, do we want to talk? Do we want to jump into it? Do we want to give a general idea of how we felt? Like, yeah, why don't we start you, with that general idea? I personally go back and forth. I kind of hated the movie when it started, <laughs> but I liked it more later at times, at least. Is this supposed to be a children's movie? Yeah, totally is. It was a children's yeah, book. That, I felt I kind of felt like it had an air of a child's movie, but it was but also even, too scary. But it for was that, a little right? yeah. I, but uh, I think yeah. that's perfect. I was gonna say I think it's awfully reminiscent of when scary movies were not as heavily regulated. But okay, I don't know. Think about the well, never-ending what story. Was the book? How fucking terrifying was that? What that's definitely not the same. Though. I was the book for children? Yeah, it's a it's an anthology. Uh, well, yeah, because I, I never read the yeah. book going into this. Like, there, how... It's just a series of short stories. I only read the first one. Were the stories themselves as scary as any of this movie? Well, see, I had a, like a digital version, and there's a person who uh, narrated, and that was terrifying. Some of the pictures were also fucking scary, but apart from that... Yeah, see, I, I can't. I can't really remember. I I did this. I could I was... see taking like a, a a young adult to this. You know, like ten, eleven, twelve up. You know, something okay. like that. I didn't think. I mean, I didn't think the movie was like terrifying or anything. It mostly relied on jump scares and stuff. But some of the, but every once in a while, the imagery was pretty like yeah, intense for a kid. For yeah. sure. Yeah, I definitely I, feel like some kids would probably get nightmares for sure. And I think that's. Kind of the point. That's Ted's right? goal. Yeah, that was. I I really have to applaud this movie. I think it's great. Honestly, I like bring all the kids. I, I'm kind of it. on. I'm on Richard's page. Uh, it it was kind of like it had its moments where I kind of got into it, but then it had its moments where I was like, oh, this is a kids movie. I I, I can I can be on board with that because uh, especially for the red room scene, to me felt anticlimactic. So because yeah. it wasn't graphic, but I thought it was. Right. 
that thing. We'll, we'll get back I mean, to it. Yeah, that you'll thing get, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah. That is from The Dream. It's it's a one of the short stories. It's called The Dream. Okay. Because yeah. uh, that was my thing, going into it, not having heard any of the other stories. There were some things that I recognized, like some of the other titles that it would show in the book. Like I recognized the Wendigo, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, you know, and stuff like that. But I personally didn't catch any of the other real references from the movie because yeah. I had not I, I don't have anything to reference it to let's start at the beginning and how it introduces us to these kids yeah. uh, my problem which I said I liked the movie a little bit more as it went on because I hated every single one of these children when this movie started yeah yeah, they were annoying. Those, that that typical horror movie thing where it's like okay they all deserve this the very first character we meet is Tommy Tommy Oh, Tommy's, yeah, yeah. Tommy's the, in his letterman jacket. Letter jacket. He, yeah, the yeah. very first scene, he walks out of a recruitment office, excitingly having joined up for the Vietnam War. Yeah. And then I think one of his very first lines after announcing that he signed up for the Vietnam War is, let's go scare some kids. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the dialogue. Yeah, that was just a really bad... Let's go. No, no, it wasn't. I let's think scare he said some kitties. kids. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, he said, let's go he scare some say, kitties. Worse. It's worse. Yeah. He didn't say, let's go scare some kids. Let's go scare some kitties. And he like went nasal with that. Yeah. Let's and go he, scare some kitties. He did it over again, though. That kid's whole performance was like just so over the top in. Oh, yeah. How much of a cliche ass fucking bully can oh, I be? Absolutely. Right. He, I mean, I you know, it's one of those things. Where I felt like they did it on purpose. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I think so, too. Yeah. I, you know, it's they. They definitely evoked a very specific feeling towards him, and it right. was like, I fucking hate you. It's a good <laughs> thing this is a horror movie, and I know that you're going to die. Because Tommy is the first to die, It's not. it wasn't that scary, because you're kind of like the whole time he's being chased by that scarecrow thing, you're like, good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> The fucker yeah. like, this is an inanimate thing that he's apparently like his entire life been abusing For some mentally reason. and physically. <laughs> when it establishes that, and he's in the cornfield with his buddies just throwing so shit, shit at a scarecrow yeah. for some reason, and then they're about to walk away, and he's like, "No, wait." Yeah, and then he, takes and he swings the bat. Like, Jesus, what was it? Harold? Harold? Yeah. Harold? Is that the name? Yeah. It was really weird. I didn't. I didn't put two and two together that that was actually where he lived. Oh, I thought at, I didn't at first. At first yeah. Yeah. yeah, it just seemed like okay. He's, he's just, in some random because field. when they peel away, they're like, "Don't drive so fast, you." Oh, which can we get into that? Are you? Did you just get home late? Yes. Are you, are you drunk, drunk again? Go deliver eggs. Go deliver. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of mom is that? <laughs> he's drunk. <laughs> my eighteen-year-old son just drove home drunk and is wobbling up the driveway. <laughs> go he, deliver go eggs. Go deliver eggs. Did anyone why didn't he drive where he was going either? Because apparently walking through an entire field of corn. Those things are huge. Yeah. yeah. Is the easier route? Are you joking? Did he not, did he all of a sudden decide he was then too drunk to drive? I mean, <laughs> did he change? <laughs> you could argue he was drunk. He's like, oh, I'll walk my way over there. <laughs> did anyone note the perpetual flop sweat that he had? Like not not when he I don't unless he was always drunk from when we saw that, him. Yeah, that's the yeah. I actually was, wondered if he was always drunk from when we saw him, and that's yeah. why he was so annoying. Yeah, I don't know. I um, it was but more also, akin him. the flop sweating happened with a lot of the kids, and I don't know if that's because no one was on top of makeup in this movie, Humidity. like regular makeup, like they did special effects makeup. Like uh, Chuck sweated a lot. I remember noticing like. Well, he. I mean, do well. we know where the movie was filmed? Were they in like a? No, I want to say Milwaukee. But I have no idea. I mean, it definitely looks like a place like Milwaukee, but it was probably filmed in California or something. <laughs> oh God! It, or it could be some. It could be somewhere hot like Atlanta because we do a lot of that nowadays. But yeah, not only that. So his face is so punchable. 
I mean, yeah. for a child. I mean, it's it's terrible. For a child. He was 18. He joined up for the oh, draft. Well, okay. He's a man. Just off the... <laughs> right? It's a but, stretch. I mean, that's... <laughs> he always looked like he was in this perpetually vomiting and swallowing it at the same time. Did anyone see that? It's just like... Well, that's that's why the scarecrow thing happened, yeah. right? I mean, uh. you know, he started vomiting up the hay. Did you guys find that to be anticlimactic? That when he got stabbed, I actually, for that moment, I was like, oh, this is a slasher movie. This is going to be like Friday the 13th in like a fun, cheesy way. Right. But then he just kind of, he starts, instead of blood, it's straw, which again, kind of like a kid's movie. You could have had him transform into Scarecrow that would have been more scary. I felt like this was just a cheap way to avoid blood. That's how I felt about it. I, uh, I do know at the end, he that actually happens. But I don't remember if he was stabbed. In the because book, he, the, in the book, it says, if I remember this correctly, he's still conscious about what's happening. Yeah, there was, there was evidence in the movie. Oh, you mean you mean when, when he's, he's a fully, scarecrow? He's fully yeah, a scarecrow. he's okay, just I gotcha, I gotcha. and he's just watching. I mean, yeah, they didn't make that apparent, but that was a problem with this movie in a gen, in a general sense, is they had a lot of assumptions, assuming that you just knew something or that they. I th- I think you'd probably get more out of it if you did know the stories well, because some of the stories that's the only time a story is really told from beginning, sort of from beginning to end. But then after that, they're always catching someone in the middle of something, and I'm assuming the story. I don't. I'm assuming the stories. I know that they're short stories, but they're. They probably have a rising action, a climax, right. and a denouement, mm-hmm. and these well, kind of have. They're really quick hits on the children. See, I thought going into this movie it was going to be a collection of short films with a frame story, and that's not what it right. is. It incorporates the stories from the books, it seems, just into each of the children on an ongoing narrative. Right. Earlier, we talked about this, the segment, The Dream. I'm sure the written version of that tells you who that who that thing is. That's and, the only one I don't remember. In some way, and this doesn't. It's just Chuck had a dream. He doesn't. He wants to avoid a red room, which, by the way, his friends are super shitty for making him go into that hospital, knowing yeah. full well, full well that's all these kids have died. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking that's such a shitty move. <laughs> Honestly, speaking of shitty moves, oh sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was just saying like I do think the stories they're they're somewhat incomplete, and so I think what you were saying like it made assumptions. I think I don't think it. I don't think the movie. I don't think you needed to understand everything about the stories, but you probably got more out of this movie if you did. If you did, for yeah. sure, for sure. I think if you had no uh, background on it, I think with the dream, they could have done a little bit more to kind of uh, establish it because that character just came out of. Mm-hmm. nowhere whereas in later for ramon when the jangly bits man he comes back and he said oh this is from my campfire right. stories right so it was personally well i guess they all kind of said something similar they, to their, their demise they started to establish that these stories were personal fears of theirs right but oh, i takes, guess that's why so, he hated the scarecrow was he afraid I of the scarecrow so, that's, that's why he hated it so much yeah that's my point is the movie d- is consistent with that but it doesn't really make it apparent to you you really have to right, figure right, it right. out I and there's nothing wrong with having to figure it out but it takes so long because they don't really address it right it took us sitting here and talking about it for, just a, yeah for me because uh, i was that, wondering okay he hated that scarecrow so bad and that's why it was his fear right that's what i was just trying to connect with augie because I realize he's always talking about body parts. And he said, right. it, he said his food. dad used to tell him that story. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he did. I didn't even know. He said it I used to scare him that. really bad. Right, when right. Stella and Ramon were called him to warn him, and they started reading the story to him, he said, yeah, I know that story. My dad used to tell it to me. And I guess it kind of fits into why Stella was the one to actually confront Sarah, who is the spirit controlling the book or whatever. She wasn't afraid of it initially, but she was the most... Intrigued. 
Yeah, she was. It was the most, she was most involved with. I mean, I, that's my synopsis. Basically, it was like you. She's this huge book nerd and occult fan and stuff like that, and like she wanted to impress this new guy, that stranger rolling through town. So she takes him to this haunted place. Mm-hmm. She goes in. She does the you know turn around in the mirror and say Bloody Mary. Right. Uh, you know all you know all the all things the... just to to try to like be cool. Yeah. Uh, you know what would be a great turn of events for this movie is, so they meet Ramon just by running away from Tommy and stuff, and Tommy's friends with baseball bats, which it always gets me in, in like, teenage movies, well, when, right. when well, the bullies have, like, things that could kill, kill. someone. It's like, when yeah. do you find them? Are you going to murder them? Well, right, well, yeah. <laughs> and But they just jump into Ramon's car, never having met him. He is a drifter through town. Ramon could have taken, they could have been like, let's go to the haunted house, and Ramon could have fucking killed them all. Right. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Well, I guess if we're talking about that stuff, like let's back up, I guess, to uh, them collecting all of the poop, like the you know back at the beginning, <laughs> just you know, the one guy. Like, <laughs> they weren't they, all like standing around. So him. they yeah, pick that one. They know they're gonna get bullied on Halloween, so they set up this elaborate prank on our bully Tommy. The mayhem that ensues afterwards. Insane. Uh, yeah, that's right. Like, he he, he lights a bag on fire and throws and it. And it lands in his lap while he's driving. <laughs> yeah. He drives through someone's fence and like people and are nobody, screaming. Yeah. yeah. Nobody comes out. Nobody you, comes you out. You turned to me and said that what nobody's coming out. <laughs> <laughs> he could have killed his own sister in that yeah, car accident. Exactly. Right. Which I want to address a point because there was a really awkward shot because she turns to well, I forgot his name. Tommy. Tommy. And it's like, I thought we were going on a date, just the two of us. And she looks into the back, and they're all just, like, creepily grinning at her. Like, what is going what, to happen? What gonna... <laughs> it was... We, uh, yeah. You can assume. Yeah. Let's just, let's just it assume. It just terrible. He's got some darkness around its edges. She was going to definitely have a bad night. Which, I want to re- redo my synopsis. <laughs> no, that's... that's <laughs> yeah, it's already done. Before. I know. I just realized... I'll just... I'll shorten it. Here's the abridged version. Uh, young deep fakes of... Famous actors and actresses explore Final Destination. Yeah, okay. it's kind of Final Destination-ish. So I guess let's talk about that. Like the book, she find they go into this haunted house. They go down into this basement cellar thing where you find out this horrible family locked up this crazy daughter down With in this the basement. Most fucked up names, right? Well, maybe not fucked up, but you know, it's it's old. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously, you know, <laughs> this weird family dynamic. And they, they lock this child down in the basement. And she has an evil book that she writes with her blood. And the stories come to life. Because if you're going to do that, you have to do it with blood. What is the this book? Is this book in the books? Not knowing. I, don't, I doubt that that's a story specifically. I bet that they just thought, how do we make a bunch of stories come like, in time together? Because I think the Goosebumps movie does something similar, too. Yeah, um, but I think this... Okay, so if we were going to compare that, I feel like this does a better job. I never Goosebumps. saw the Goosebumps movie, so I don't really have an opinion. But, but I, I think that they essentially either. have a book written by R.L. Stein that's just like... This is how we're going to make all the other books come into one movie. That's my assumption, at least, not having read them. There could be, it might be a case where the Sarah story is a real story. I just don't know. I, I don't wonder, because the book was very important to this particular thing, obviously. Right. Because it's, the book is basically the antagonist. Let's talk about the antagonist, because there's a weird redemption story for Sarah, our ghost, who allows this magical shit to happen from, it's not magic, as we're told, it's rage. Rage, um, yeah. Like twenty eight days later, <laughs> <laughs> um, that would have been a that would have been a very interesting movie. <laughs> but 
still is like, yeah, she was she's the victim here and stuff. And I know she confronts her about it, but then she still writes that whole story. No. She murdered so many people. Yeah. She murdered these children for no reason. They didn't do have anything to do with her family being <laughs> they just evil. Happen, yeah, they just happened to be in the house. <laughs> right. She's not... It's like the movie wanted yeah. you to believe that her family were the bad guys. And while they were a hundred years ago, Stella does not deserve to be taken kindly. Well, she has spent the Stella's... last hundred years since then fucking killing people. Sarah. <laughs> Sarah, sorry, sorry, yeah. Sarah, yeah. Still is next. Oh, yeah, Stella. She's going to start killing people. <laughs> but see, I think that's the heart of any sort of scary story, is that people who are didn't do anything wrong, didn't have any sort of comeuppance on them. That's what makes it scary, is because these are good people, and somehow they're dragged into this shit. In a lot of time in a scary movie, the, the thing that's causing the damage had damage done to them, too, but either they become this heartless evil thing that nobody tries to redeem, or they don't actually hurt that many people. A lot of your Japanese horror film transplants, there's not a whole lot of death in them, like dark water and stuff like that. It's a lot of creep. It's it's more about being creepy because this spirit or this demon is is hurting, and it's it's just a misunderstanding of how it's expressing that. It's not usually a bunch of murders. Yeah, and she doesn't. If you really think about it, it, she is not really that redeemable. She didn't have any reason. To, to take her rage out on these strange children. Right, you can make the movie about the haunted house uh, scene, which I thought was actually pretty cool, where the story starts becoming about Stella, and Stella's in the house, and she's in the old version of the house. And then... When it's alive and yeah. like living, and people are there, the family yeah. and the daughter, Sarah. And so she's witnessing what's being done to Sarah. And then Ramon is with his... Jangly man. Jangly man. Right. And then they can kind of, like, they're in the present and in the past at the same time, and there's some weird interaction between them, but not directly. You can If you made that movie where the horror were... It was kind of like two parallel worlds, almost. And you saw consistently Sarah being punished through Stella's physical presence. Right. And you, maybe you even saw Sarah... Their names are too similar. That's bad screenwriting. You don't do that. Um, I think that was the point, though. Like they were supposed because to they like, be kind of each become other, one body or, at yeah. one point. But you, you, you can even show Sarah killing her family off, but don't show her killing innocent children from a hundred years later. Right. Well, that <laughs> not if you want to redeemed. If you don't right. want to redeemed, fine. Kill as many children whole, as you want. That was the whole reason that the whole thing started in the first place was that the, the town, there were children dying in the town. Right. Uh, that was like the big thing that was happening. and From Mercury from their factory that they owned. Getting right. into the water supply. But the, mm-hmm. the family, you know, just told everyone that it was Sarah, you know, ever, right. let everyone assume it was Sarah and, you know, punished her for it and made it seem like it was her. They kind of lose you there for the... Well, they were punishing her because she was trying to spread the truth. Right, but if, if her whole goal was to protect the children from the mercury poisoning and tell the truth, then why? Yeah, then why, why would why go kill? continue? Actually, to kill I just I think I she literally, snapped. I literally just came up with that as we were discussing it, just like the other thing, which is they keep saying that really on the nose, dumb line. What is it? Oh, if you tell a story long enough, it becomes true. She didn't have the magical power to kill the kids until they said that she did over and over and over and over again, and then she did. I mean, that's not how. God, I wish that was how magical powers were granted, but it's... Right. <laughs> but you that's... have magical powers. You can fly. You can You're fly. You're a wizard. You can fly. On top of the final destination, on to- uh, they are going through final destination through Death Note. Have you ever watched the okay. anime? Okay. Yeah. I, I got you there. Speaking of anime, that the, the, the bulbous 
smiling creature that hugs Chuck to death. Yeah. <laughs> um, that reminded me of that reminded me of like a Miyazaki drawing, like something from Spirited oh, Away. Oh, from Spirited Away. Or I Princess was just about to say, or yeah. something like that. Just the design of it. It just reminded yeah. me of his animation style. I almost wish that. I mean, I guess being directed at kids, it's fine. But for as an adult, I don't he, think he fought hard enough. He didn't. He just he, let, didn't, he, he just let out his one last breath. <sighs> The way and that then, she does the weird hug thing, I took it to kind of mean that there was something about her that like seduced him more or less, that like made him comfortable. Because once she hugs him, he kind of puts his head in her shoulder, like right. he embraces it. And so I took it, but that's a that's kind of what you touched on earlier is that the you don't have enough context for some of the stories to really know what the nature of these creatures are. And it was just weird for us yeah. because we didn't know. Like it was it was just a very odd way for him. I guess they were all weird ways for them to to I mean die. even when yeah, when when August dies and eats the stew and the creature comes from him, which I think is one of the more most creepy image-wise. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, we don't know anything about that thing or anything about the story around it. We know that August which, by the way, to fit a fucking big toe into your mouth on a spoon. Right. And not you, know to and yeah. Not, yeah. Also, August is kind of a dick bag, too. Yeah. He just That's rains the on Jason everyone's Sudeikis. parade. That's Jason Sudeikis, by the way. <laughs> His poor attempt to run out the window. He, I thought about that. Like, Use the fucking chair and barricade yourself in the fucking He's like room. one of those people in an infomercial. Do you have trouble opening windows? That's the thing with every horror movie, though. You're watching it, and you're just like, go do this. And then they never do, because if they did, they would live, and it wouldn't they, be a good movie. They struggle a lot to make it realistic that they're caught by these things, including Tommy at the beginning. The, 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 the Scarecrow Harold does the same thing that they all do. He moves real slowly because they think it's creepy. It'd be way scarier if Harold just breaks out into a full fucking Sprint. end. <laughs> Like like a fucking marathon runner right. because that would be terrifying. Right. Oh, no, yeah. If something were like crawling behind me, I'd be creeped out. But I would be like, I'd start moving fast, and I wouldn't trip over a rake that's in the center of a cornfield for some reason. But, but if he's something drunk, just started charging he... me, fucking terrifying. There was, it's kind of irrelevant, but there was a short movie that I had seen before seeing uh, the Tale of Two Sisters. It was in black and white, and it was a person. It was a mother with her son. And they were doing origami or whatever. And there's this monster and does exactly that up the stairs. Oh, just breaks into a run. fucking terrible. It's still it's in my... It's in my fucking head. I don't... I wish I could remember the name of that movie because I want to see it again. But you wish you could forget what you saw. Are you At referencing the, the, the Jangly Bits guy? See, he kind of did that too. Yes. Jangly Bits on Harold. Okay. Okay. Because he, he does the backwards run kind of thing. Jangly Bits on Harold. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Jangly Bits was, yeah, he was like a twisted, he was like a bunch of pieces that came out, and then he moved like an ab abomination from... A liquor. Yeah, I was gonna say Resident Evil or, or Silent Hill, or yeah. one of those. Oh yeah, I just, I Hill. personally felt like the entire reason that he moved that way was solely for the scene where he climbed up the stairwell. Other than that, there was no point in him moving that way. See, I was thinking that they did it because if they were gonna lock them into jail cells, the only way he could be a threat to them... Oh, as if he could get... If he could squeeze through it, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm just talking about the way that he, he moved upside down. Oh, yeah. Like, for oh, sure. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the only reason he moved that way 
was for the the him going up the weird way up the stairs. You so mean it's, it's a, it's they a com- didn't just have him saunter in? Hey, what's going on, guys? Yeah, I'm Jangles. Yeah, I'm Jangles. Like he could have cr- crawled around like with his belly, with his head up, and right. I think it might have been even creep. I just because I was just laughing the whole time. Like, he's upside down. I just thought about how it would be if it's if you very, were to... it's very much like a copy of like we mentioned Japanese horror. Like mm-hmm. that was very much a copy of the way that all of these spirit girls like do their little twisting around and walking do do the crab across the room (laughs) i was just thinking how if they were to do a parody of this instead of him trying to like squeeze his face through the cell he would take his right hand and dismember his left arm and throw it into the cell just like piece by piece that might have been scarier actually <laughs> would it have been? Yeah. i thought like it would have been like, funny i'm he like just look like, at this guy yeah he, he, just, he just stands up against the 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 bars like with his face pushed against it and then just starts throwing body in, parts in, in into the it depends thing. on you shot it i mean you could shot it in a way that's silly or you could do it in a way where he just like slowly rips himself apart I that'd be creepy because what what was almost creepy about him going through the bars was like his skull cracked i just wish if it were a more adult-oriented horror film or an R-rated horror film, I think that would have been scary if you actually saw, like... Things breaking. Yeah, yeah like, things... Yeah. Bones actually shatter and stuff. If you just showed him standing there full shot and just started, like, popping <laughs> things off like Mr. Potato. Very <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. Uh, so basically, we've decided the way to make this movie better is to make it rated R. Or see, a complete comedy. <laughs> or, <laughs> I, see, I actually kind of really appreciated that. It didn't re- rely on the gore It wasn't factor. quite as gruesome. Yeah, it didn't rely on the gruesome aspect to make it scary. I agree. The movie, by the by, by midway through, like, I wanted the kids to survive. And I, you know, I felt invested in that. Yeah. Um, because it does have the tone of a children's movie sometimes, and sometimes it really doesn't, made it hard for me to be scared consistently. Or to be like, oh, hey, this is a kid's movie and I can have fun with it. It kind of goes between the horse bits and it's a teen adventure story. And then it goes into some of the horror bits and it's shot and edited and acted like a legit horror movie. So it's such a jump back and forth and back and forth and back because all the segments are so segmented. (laughs) (laughs) I do think that each segment, though, is trying to emulate a different kind of horror. I think that I do think it is a. This could be like an homage to all the types. Yeah, um, I think it was trying at least. But I didn't find it to be that disjointed. To be, I mean, no? I understand. Like, I, I I see where you're coming from. Mm. But for me personally, I when I watched it, I thought it was okay. it's fine because you know I think with tension you have to kind of let it go up and down. It has to oscillate. Sure, I think I might have felt less disjointed in the story if the kids were slightly better actors, or they maybe just a little bit older. Maybe, yeah. Uh, like, one of my biggest things was the, like, the police thing. Like, the police didn't call her father. Right. And tell, yeah, tell her the dad, oh, Actually, I have your, your daughter down at the police station. Based on that call, because she calls her own father and says, Dad, I think I'm going to die. And he's like, what are you talking about? Nick, as a father with a daughter, if your daughter called you and that was the first thing she said, would you be like, what do you mean? Right, no. <laughs> or she'd be uh, like, where the fuck are you? Yeah, no, there's a little bit more of a freak out than that. Right. And, and you would also call the police right. as a parent. Right. Hi, my daughter's missing and she just called me saying she was going to die. <laughs> Logic. Oh, yeah, we have her here. That's how that conversation should, should go. Should have gone down. Yeah, just because she wanted to. It's a small town. You know where she lives. Yeah. Well, oh, that was the other thing, too. First, he's like, go home. And then she's like, no, I'm not going to go home. And then he says, fine, we'll see if a night in a jail cell will loosen your lips. Well, wait, you just told her she could go home, and now you want her to tell you something else? Right. 
I just want to hit on the. I just want to jump back on the kids acting. It was yeah. fine, but it wasn't like it wasn't. They were all exaggerated. Well, acting uh, acting on screen is subtlety and communicating things without. Hey, I'm a teenager, which is kind of how I felt like they. But were I don't know if you have you if you've seen kid movies they're very on the nose this one kind of did a little That's, bit of both uh, my yeah. problem though is that it's not really a movie for little kids little kids it's not for, yeah. for teens they're not that way so this is or what, they're this bad is if they're that 13 but the tone but the acting and the tone feels like something for young a, adults for like a nine-year-old well i don't know about that <laughs> but i don't think you should bring a nine-year-old to this movie i'm just saying yeah. the way the kids were acting that's what was weird to me. Okay, is it I, I feel like that too. Uh, I personally kind of feel like the acting may have been a little lower than the target audience. Because I, I feel like, too, the target audience is probably 10 through 15. And I feel like the acting of the children, I think, was a little below the intelligence so? level of a 10 to 15-year-old. I, I, I'm going to have to disagree with you guys. For 14-year-olds and about that, you know, give or take. Yeah, I think it was fine. I just mean the core group in their non-horror movie moments. You mean like when they were talking in the theater? Like when they're talking to each other and interacting with each other and like that stuff. I think like it was... I, I thought it was fine, I, especially with the dynamic between Charlie and August, Augie. Just but actually, they're, they're like exaggeratingly mean to each other in a way that's not like... Are... He throws something in his face. He's... What did he throw? Chuck throws a candy, an empty candy box... Point blank at August's face. That I was, was like, empty. That's, that's not. <laughs> hey, we can all raz each other, but don't throw things at your face. <laughs> yeah, he's lying right now. He does it all <laughs> yeah. the time. Get back in your basement. <laughs> <laughs> we had to edit out all the sounds. Right. <laughs> Ted crying. And... I don't know. To me, it's. I thought it was Look, fine. I think I think that a I think that a fourteen year old might be fine with it, but I think that they can also appreciate film acting that is more subtle and interesting. And I think that the reason why you're watching the movie that we didn't watch today, which is Dora the Explorer, where they're all like, ah, <laughs> is because that's for someone who it's hard to hold their attention for very long because right. they are so young. And I felt like this movie gave me that. Not entirely, but that's why the horror movies felt disconnected from the rest of the movie because the horror parts were so dark and the teenage parts weren't bad like i didn't hate them entirely sometimes i kind of did but, but the kids were just over the top like let me make one quick comparison i know we don't usually try to talk about other movies but in this case apart from harry potter what was the other one with vampires i don't want to defend twilight too much but it's better acted than this is it really is is it yes i think the kids from stranger things have a more adult and complicated okay. relationship than these okay i will i'll, I'll concede to that twilight. stranger things is probably a pretty good comparison to the two although yes. i would argue that stranger things isn't really for kids though again not for kids so more subtlety right is permitted whereas I, this yeah, one okay because... ted's slowly winning me over to his side i guess <laughs> is... like the very first harry potter has this kind of acting but those kids are eight and that movie is meant for eight-year-olds by the time you get to the third one, when they're 11 or 12, it's a lot darker, and the kids are, act a much more mature, uh, or much, yeah, okay. more, much more subtlety. Mm, not across the board. Prisoner of Azkaban is what I'm talking about. I don't know. And Let's be like, talk about Ron. For 11 or 12. <laughs> because. He's a ginger. Doesn't... <laughs> He's got no soul. I do think that we're, we're talking about very fine points. We're like, because I also would argue that this movie is probably too scary for anyone 12 or under probably not for 13 and well i guess that's what the rating is for right uh but but i think that once you hit 13 though if you are a freshman in high school i think you might roll your eyes at this movie a little bit 
I think also partially because you're a douchebag because you're a freshman in high school. But <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were talking to me directly. Partially because you're a douchebag. No. I was like, no. what? But I think that it would be. Are you a freshman in high school? Uh, well, when he put that qualifier, <laughs> okay. in, I think I, once you, I think once you hit about fifteen, you're someone who's saying it's not edgy enough and it's too cheesy. So it doesn't. It's not. It's like it's not right on either end. Well, yeah. it just so happens we have a 15-year-old. Let's go ahead and have this 15-year-old. <laughs> Our next this. surprise guest on the podcast. I mean, I think that, that I think a lot of this probably also depends on what who the kid is and who yeah. the young adult is. Yeah. Well, sure. yeah. I'm going to say that I liked... Uh, we are all 30 or older, so what the fuck do we know? What do we know? Yeah. What do we know? Yeah. There's it's... nothing super disturbing i think until you get no. to the end maybe some of that stuff that happens in the house with them like dragging you know the people through the house and threatening children and stuff like that, that. But okay that was a very visceral scene again with the acting and like listening was to that... the the phonograph with the child being oh, tortured yes. on the very, phonograph very graphic. very graphic yes but see i'm not complaining about the acting in the horror parts I'm right the right acting in the, the non-horror parts, parts. Yeah. and that's my thing like i i think there are parts in this movie where it's like okay, I could take my child to this, and then you get to a certain part in the movie, and you're like, oh, God, oh, God, close your eyes, plug your ears. Because <laughs> uh, we have other pothole plot holes. You want to do that? Yeah. We've already talked about one. Uh, we, we talked about the police station plot right. hole. Oh, okay, so going back to the police station, so the police officer, the only one on duty, had his neck snapped, and then the two prisoners whom other police officers saw escaped, and yet they can go. There's like That's not even in question anymore. Does that make sense? No, but nobody came looking for them after that, you're like, saying? Yeah, like, the one guy who said, yeah, I'll close up shop. I'll look after these two. You guys can go on home. And then the next morning, he's dead on the ground with his next 180'd. Oh, right? yeah, I mean. But that, that it, it never went to the next day after that. that was, yes, they did. That was one continuous part all the way next through, right? Cause that because that was the entrance of jangly bits. Well, he decided to go with the draft. Ramon, and right? Then, the the epilogue is after, yeah. is the next day. So, oh, I get, what I get what you're yeah. saying. I mean, Ramon like, would after it's all said and done, yeah. So, yeah, he would. It would. They would pin it on him. Yeah, that's what now I, mean. I now I yeah. understand. Maybe what you're saying. that's yeah. why he agreed to go to Vietnam. Yeah, it's like huh, maybe they were I'm after going, him. Going, oh going, yeah, guys. yeah, yeah. So he goes to Vietnam. Stella's in the car giving her epilogue, and she's like. I know there's a way to bring back Chuck in August. We just have to find it. And then they're driving down the highway. Where are you going? They died in the town you were in. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah obviously, where... they're moving. But yeah, like, where are they going? What is the point of leaving With, town? Like, and then what made you think that you could use the book to bring people back to life? Well, like, there is she going to write a story where they come back to life and think that it happens? Like, does the book work that way? I mean, is there an instruction? I would try that. Yeah. <laughs> they appear right in front of me on, like, highway. on the highway yeah <laughs> kill them but yeah, like, it just seemed like such a weird thing to have her be like i'm gonna fix this and then they're driving as if fixing it means you have to travel the country solving Somewhere crimes else. or something well it's and like then the the sister in the back seat yeah i was gonna get to that because that was gonna be the other plot she hole. has parents plot hole. Oh, plot okay. hole. Yeah. yeah did they break maybe this is why they're running they broke her out <laughs> of the loony bin and they're like we believe you Let's i love go. that that's the plot twist to yeah. the end of this that that sets up the next movie the kidnapping most, from local mental hospital part, right the most interesting part of this movie was ramon getting accused of murder joining the fight for again in vietnam and then Stella and her father breaking whatever her name is out of the loony bin. Uh, Ruth. And they don't even show Ruth. any of it. Right. <laughs> Let's talk about Ruth for a minute because she's so many. the... 
She's the third person targeted by the book. Is that correct? It's after One, August, two. right? Yep, yeah, that's right. And so she has this weird, creepy thing where a spider comes out of her face. And then all the kids who are still alive run to rescue her. They do stop the spiders from eating her. Then it cuts to her being hauled off in an ambulance and Chuck saying, my sister's gone. Well, they roll right. her out on a stretcher right. with her completely covered. Uh, was she completely covered? I her face tell. was still visible. Oh, it was still I visible. Yeah, her face okay. was still visible. But either way, Chuck says, my sister's gone. Right. Yeah. Suggesting like, finality. Right. And I then, threw my hand up for her. I was like, what? We just saw her. Right, yeah. That was my thing, too. Like, yeah. how did she die? Were we, they, I was like, I guess I'm supposed to assume there, she yeah. died from the spider bite. I, right. That's what I was thinking, too. From that point, I was like, okay, canonically, she died in the hospital from the venom or whatever. But then the police officer, well, Stella and Ramon are like, no, we saved her. We can save other people. And he's like, you didn't save anyone, dot, dot, dot. She's in the loony bin forever. What? How long has it been? It's, it's been, because it's like every night, right? Yeah, that's what it they was said. the that next was the night. Yeah. Well, that's my next problem, was the how the book worked. It started out telling one story every night, mm-hmm. and then as you get closer to the end, it starts the telling last night stories. Two right? not, yeah, yeah, two, two stories. stories, yeah. So what, what all of a sudden changed at the end that made the book go after multiple people at once? The writer's need for a climax. I mean, well, it's bad. It's wrong. Because <laughs> like you, you, it, it actually, I didn't connect that really, but... I like the idea that two of the stories are coinciding because it was more tension than the story it ever had right. before. But, yeah, it doesn't actually make sense with the rules of the story set out for you. Well, I think the case was before they were kind of living their lives or they weren't in the house where Stella went into the house directly be- confronting, which then is like, all right, fine, I'll write your fucking story too. So Ruth had her incident with the spiders in the bathroom and they found a way to stop it. Right. And then, although, although she got put in the loony bin again, as far as we know, there were no more attempts to kill her. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I kind of thought that it would be inevitable, like when he was running away from Jingle Jangles. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 when he hits him, when he, when he rams himself into a semi with his shitty 1968 seatbelt on, I thought, like, that's a terrible idea. Right. right. Um, <laughs> and he catches him. I was like, well, there's no point in trying to kill him because it's inevitable. Because the story makes it seem like it's inevitable. No matter what you do, it'll just keep coming until it wins. Right. But yeah, the spiders don't, and I did kind of. I expect... thought that was weird. Yeah, I was expecting them to come back too, because the way they 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 stopped the spiders was dumping a mop bucket onto her. Charlie's like, "I've got the answer. I saw a mop bucket outside, and I'm just gonna throw it on my sister." If someone had thrown a mop bucket on Jingle Jangles, that, we don't know what could have happened. Right, that's right. That would have like the witch from the Wizard of Oz. He could have. He Chuck could have still been alive if he had a mop bucket around, <laughs> and that giant woman would have absorbed the mop bucket <laughs> he's like this will do but at, at no point did jangly bits ever stop trying to kill ramon ramon it only stopped because stella managed to convince sarah, sarah. To stop. there were some pretty uh creepy elements um when she dispelled jangly bits she, she let out a scream and honestly like i i didn't jump but that i got this weird part tingles i was like oh yeah. it was yeah i was like Good on you. That I think good. to me that was the single most jarring moment. I did like the jump scares in the sense that they weren't they weren't cheaply built up. Except for the first one. The one where he jumps up behind him? No, no, no. The closet scene where he closes himself in the oh, closet. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, and see, you hear the walking up to the door that's and a good then example. the pause. Right. That's a good example of a cheap jump scare. But the one where he like they're all kind of like talking around in a circle mm-hmm. and then Chuck goes ahead and jumps on a Mm. I just forgot his name, Augie. I think he did a pretty good job. I like, I'm okay with them 
for a different reason, kind of. Like, I, I think that there's still, there's, like, a jump scare is almost always cheap. It's, right. you threw a lot of sound at me, mm-hmm. and therefore, of course, I might jump because it's loud. I also did feel like the horror elements were done well, and like I kind of mentioned before, I feel like they're paying a little bit of homage to movies we've seen before, and I liked how they fit into that, and so it never bothered me. I was never upset with the jump scares. I thought they were fine, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But- um, yeah, because I'm usually in the school of thought where I don't like jump scares. Not because, oh, you got me, but because, like, okay, that was, it was you're not you're not earning it. Right. You're not making something scary to me. You're just making something shocking to me. Right. Which, which, which one do you think would be the scariest for the kids? Let's say, like, for uh, a 12-year-old. They're watching with their I mean, parents. jangly bits. You think jangly bits? Just because of just, it's so many different things. It's body dismemberment. It's neck snapping it's Mm. pushing through bars it's jump scares the cop shot him a bunch of times in the face there was so much that went on with jangly bits right that that's probably the most intense part of the whole thing is is from the entrance of jangly bits until the end of the the movie (laughs) how about you what do you think would be the scariest i I can see what you're saying because it's a longer sustained thing with different things i would go with what i Imagine would most likely give a young person nightmares is the toe, yes. toe person. Because that's it's, at your fucking home. It's, it's just there, and like it's just slow and creepy, and it looks gross. It's it was the most, it was the one that looked most like a human corpse. I thought, and I thought that's what made it creepy. It's threatening in a different way. It's threatening it's in supernatural, a, almost because right. she did have a physical presence, but it's like all of a didn't. sudden she was walking and then she vanished. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's the then, kind of thing I can imagine is when I was very young, being yes. like creeped out, be like because it could be anywhere, it, right? Yes. And it's just like Jangle Man. You can almost make into an action sequence which i think yeah. he's he looks and moves creepy enough that it it would definitely also probably be scary for a young person the speed and the vulnerability yeah i guess i'm just thinking about when i was younger i think i'd be cre- more creeped out by toe person yeah because missing toe she was just she had this seething slow permeating evil feeling permeating <laughs> see that was going to be my vote i think that would be the creepiest especially when he got pulled into the void yeah, you know? I mean, I I see I see it. I I think I kind of went more for like sustained shock factor. No, yeah, yeah. No, uh, you made a really good case. Either one. The thing is, I think seeing that definitely scaring the shit out of you. But I think what would be more psychologically, it was all sensory kind of things because you don't. Act, he it was very actually, childlike. It was very much what a child might do in that. If you're kind of like down the hallway, yes. you yeah. It's like behind the locked door kind of thing, right? right. You don't know what the hell is on the other side, but whatever you're hearing you're only getting glimpses of it inside because now you can't trust your senses you're like oh did i hear something right did i see something uh, ju- jumping from the bed yeah. so that your feet weren't close to it yes oh my god down or, yes uh yeah stuff <laughs> like Fucking that hell. yes you know my childhood <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I really spark we're gonna have to do because a therapy session after this <laughs> that was also the time that i'd seen it and okay. he just fucking the original appears. one yeah the original the tv version fucking terrifying I was also deeply afraid of being in the bathroom alone. Absolutely. Still is. <laughs> yeah. I leave the door open for everyone to know what I'm doing. <laughs> I need everyone to just supervise me so I don't get sucked through a pipe. Yeah, it's really weird because he, he's one of those guys that just has to pull his whole pants down when he pees. I do. <laughs> it's the cleanest way, guys. <laughs> um, just the floor. <laughs> We should start to wrap up our ideas here. Honestly, as far as changes go, I wouldn't. I don't really have like specific changes. I actually think most of the scenes are good. Like I, yeah. I would just say pick a tone. Like yeah. be in a kids' adventure movie. Like, like 
Hugo or something, or be a horror movie. Like this could have been this could have been like every bit as scary as it. It's a, it's a similar type premise. I know it's not the same, but I mean it's a bunch of kids who end up having to deal with a supernatural entity. Right. And I'm not saying it has to be, but it can't be two different things at the same time. Is yeah. My they wanted to try to like you know they give give us our cake and let us eat it too by trying to give the the adults that read the book when they were younger a good movie to watch but also let us involve our children that we have now in something that we liked i think that that's spot on and i think that that's a problem like you kind of have to know who your audience is is it the nostalgic group is it people our age even though we didn't really read the books but those who did or is it their children i'm gonna be on the other end on this uh i think it was i think it was good i do have the first book i gotta look for that um i know i still have it somewhere those who had read the stories um, did have a deeper appreciation for it. Whereas where they didn't have the horror element in the scenes. Okay, I will concede that, yes, it did seem very kind of for younger. Juvenile. Younger, juvenile. juvenile, yeah, there you go. That's yeah. a good word. Um, but I don't know. I, I thought it was kind of like the 80s when they did that. Um, 80s style movies. Yeah. There's nothing wrong the, with it, yeah. I didn't well, that, hate the movie in any way. I just, yeah, yeah. it just, it, it did. That it plays felt, back into what Richard said earlier about the movie kind of pays homage right. to horror movies from the past and i think one of the ways it did that was it gave us kind of like a beginning almost it was almost like a friday the 13th beginning where you've got like teenage campers that are going out to like smoke and drink and like have sex in the woods but it wasn't that because they were like 17 right and it was a it, it was wasn't that because they're cowards <laughs> Do you have any changes? Because I don't. Have I, any. You know, it's one of those things. I would read or listen to an audiobook of the original series, right? Um, so that I could understand some of the references a lot better. Because for me, it was just a movie, and that's why I think I maybe have a little bit more of an impartial view of it than you do, because you have a little bit more of a reference point. I feel personally like I may have missed a lot. Like I feel like there, I felt like it kept referencing things, and it's like I feel like this is important because the camera is focusing on it, mm -hmm. but I don't know what it means. And you really shouldn't have to go outside of a movie to know most of the context, at least. I didn't feel like it ruined the movie not knowing, but I also I feel like it might have made it weaker though. So I don't I don't know. I think we're in this weird yeah. stage because like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is solely based on that of your the background understanding of what happens in his movie the manson family you mean of, of history though as opposed to of what happens oh, in the story enough. but in a book okay good point i just know my wife is really excited to see this because she yeah. read all of the books oh she did yeah oh wow uh, so i have to go see it again and she's really angry at me for oh, watching she, oh. it <laughs> before her is your daughter gonna go too or no, no that's no, way no, too no. young Sorry. she's um she's only five yeah uh that is way too young i think for this so we talked about the scary story uh how about do you have any particularly uh favorite characters yeah i like chuck Josh i mean Radner. he's kind of, if i knew him in real life he'd be an annoying douchebag yeah but he was fun he felt like a real teenager in a way he that did. like kind of like i said if you're a freshman you're a douchebag I just mean it's something it's something in retrospect like I know who me and my friends were at that time and that's we were kind of like that a little bit. He felt the most to me like just some young high school kid you would you might run into. He also seemed like the kind of character that I know this is ridiculous. That's why I don't want to go in and yet people still pulled him in. Yeah, that was, like he knew what was going to happen. They did Charlie dirty. Yeah. yeah. Especially the... because she still a was like, this is all real. This is all real. Trying to convince everyone it's real. And then when he's like, yeah, I don't want to go in there. She's like, no, get your ass in here. Yeah. You? 
also Chuck or no? Uh, I think. Ramon. <laughs> I I didn't actually personally care for Ramon that much. Yeah. Yeah, he was kind of a, uh, a, little, a little two dimensional. Yeah. Also. He was hiding from the federal government. He didn't even change his first name. He went from Ramon Rodriguez to Ramon Morales. Or Moral- vice versa. The other, the other like, way around. Be a little more creative, Ramon. <laughs> well, I mean, what is he going to do? I'm Ramon Schwartz? No, I mean, change your first name, too. Oh. I'm Ramona Schwartz? Okay, no. <laughs> uh, I, it's one of those weird things. I don't know that I necessarily have a favorite... The only character I really rooted for was Tommy to die. Okay. So, so Harold's your favorite. So Harold's Harold is my favorite okay, character. Right, yeah, okay. Harold's my favorite character. We'll go with that. I'll take that. Old okay, Spider I'll Eyes. Take that too, yeah. So let's try to wrap this up, fellas. Uh, first, since we have our very first guest, hey Nick, anything you want to plug anywhere you want to ask people to f- see if they can find you on social media? Uh, yeah, uh, you could follow me on Instagram at blurry underscore vision 88. Do a lot of microscopy stuff with mushrooms in my company, Mycology Now. Also, a uh, plug for all of us, uh, I am also going to be on the Character Arc D&D podcast that is in the works. Absolutely. And you guys can find that on our website, characterarc.net. You can find it in whatever feed you found this. Spotify, um, SoundCloud, Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts. You can also, you also be able to find that in its own feed, but this is my way of saying please like, subscribe, comment wherever you can find us. Character Arc at Character Arc on Instagram, at Character Arc on Facebook, characterarc.net. I'm Richard Burleson. I'm Ted. Thank you so much for listening. What about this guy? Uh, it's, it's okay, I'm a guest. <clears throat> I believe... I asked him <laughs> to just plug himself for the last five minutes. <laughs> <laughs>